Welcome to Don't Quit, where you come to be encouraged to live a better life full of joy and purpose. Welcome back to episode 46. Today we are talking about how to embrace who you authentically are. How you love yourself is how you teach others how to love you. Until you make peace with who you are, you'll never be content with what you have. Once you know yourself, you will become more confident, you will understand your purpose, and you will begin making a bigger impact on the world. I don't know who would not want to achieve that. And today, I want to jump into this episode just with our whole heart, realizing that you will walk away changed after listening to this, not because of what I say, but because what God is going to do in your heart. He wants you to be confident in who he made you. He wants you to realize that you are lacking nothing, that you are enough. If you haven't checked out my brand new YouTube channel, it is called Savoring the Simple. You can check it out on YouTube. It is literally brand new. I have a couple videos up there and it's all about slow and authentic living. It goes perfectly with this episode. I really hope you'll go over and join me there to just encourage you to live life differently. Be sure to subscribe, check out the videos I have. I have a lot of plans, creative visions for this. I'm really excited to also be able to bring you some visual content that's gonna help you where you are in your life. So today we're talking about how to be our authentic selves. And I think that if you're honest with yourself at some point or another, or maybe even right now, you have struggled with just accepting who you are exactly as you are right now. We have all been told at one point or another to be ourselves, but how do we do that? Does it seem as if you are always feeling pressured to live up to some view someone has of you? Or do you feel like you can never truly accept yourself the way you are? The media has a stronghold on our self-image. Our worth often feels like it can only come from better skin, a skinnier body, more muscle, prettier hair. I could go on and on listing things that the media puts on us daily. We spend valuable time dwelling on how to get these things and chasing products that promise to fix all of these problems we have created in our minds about ourselves. And somehow years go by and there we are with tons of stuff on our hands, makeup, lotions, clothes, supplements, and yet we still don't feel complete. We feel like something is missing, but what could it possibly be? Does this resonate with you? Are you feeling like you can relate? We are missing the biggest piece to our happiness, and that is loving ourselves exactly as we are. There is nothing wrong with improving yourself if the goal is to feel healthy and happy, but all too often we take it too far. We don't just wanna feel better. The underlying true goal is to somehow look better. And when that's your reason, you will never reach the end. It's a vicious cycle that our consumeristic society absolutely loves to see people fall into. Because when we are weak and insecure, we are the prime target. We are the ones that will buy anything that comes our way, falling into more dissatisfaction day by day. But the good news is it does not have to be this way. There's a way out. I personally fell into this for quite some time without even realizing the damage that it was doing. I chased lotions and workouts and clothes. I focused tons of my time on pushing back the clock, trying to reverse the damage on my body of having babies. Then I got tired. 
exhausted, really, exhausted of trying to conceal something that didn't seem natural to conceal. Why would I want to cover up the most beautiful part of my life? The signs that I was used to bring two amazing little boys into my world. Then I realized I would never truly be happy until I came to see myself differently. It would require me to push back everything that was being thrown at me and to create an entirely different path for myself to learn who I actually was, not who I thought I was supposed to be. That's the key. We often fall into what we think we should be, the people pleaser, the one who always saves the day, the hard worker, the overachiever, the patient one, the one who always has the answer or can fix the problem. You get the point. Have you ever truly taken quiet moments to ask yourself who you truly are or who you want to be? I know for me, this past year, I had a breakthrough in my thinking. I realized that I never took the time to really figure out what made me tick, what I loved, what I didn't love, and what I wanted in life. The pressure to fit a mold comes at us from so many different sources, and there oftentimes is no time to actually figure these things out unless you make it a priority. Give yourself time without any distractions and soul search. I am currently in the process of this and wish I did it much earlier. Why live a subpar life when you can figure yourself out? And then the best part, go chase what sets your soul on fire. We all have something that we are ignoring. That one thing that we need to do. That one thing that God put on your heart and you're ignoring. Find your reason. Find yourself and chase it. The best part of this is that in the process, those around you are going to become even more attracted to you because finding someone who is that confident in who they are is magnetic. Everyone wants to be around that. We all crave consistency and stability, especially in this current world we're living in. I want to jump into some practical ways that we can love our authentic selves starting right now. Here are a few. Don't aim to please others. Don't worry about how others view you. Learn more about yourself. Appreciate who you are. Be confident in who you are. Forgive yourself. The list goes on and on, but when we come down to it, it's a lot harder and takes a lot more effort to truly accept ourselves and believe we are enough constantly. So how do we really get to the bottom of loving ourselves exactly where we are? Of course, as Christians, we know the number one key is realizing how much God loves us, just as he created us. But I know for me, there are times that that can even be a struggle. So let's assume that we understand that and realize how we ought to love ourselves for that reason alone. And then I'm going to give you some other ways that I found freedom in society's pressures. So let's assume we understand that and realize how we ought to love ourselves for that reason alone. And I'm going to give you some other ways I've found freedom from society's pressures and learned to love myself even more. First, we must remember that self-love is not constant or permanent. Also, the word love can have negative connotations in some ways. For instance, we glorify love. And when I say we, I mean just society as a whole. The media glorifies love. We see it as something that is completely perfect. Social media makes us think that it has to look a certain way to be good enough. Also, next week, we will be talking about how to combat social media and its impact in 
our lives. So don't miss out on that great episode. Thinking this way is not realistic. Thinking that love has to look a certain way or has to be perfect is just not reality. Being kinder to yourself takes time and practice and it will come and go naturally each day. Our goal is to just work on accepting ourselves more and more over time to live that full life God has for us. So the first step you're going to do is realize who you actually are, not who you want to be. We all have flaws. We all have things we wish were different. But why continue to chase different instead of accepting ourselves where we are? Chasing these things only makes us depressed, frustrated, anxious, and overwhelmed. Try taking a spiritual gifts test and a personality test. Find out about yourself. Take some quiet time to think about what makes you tick and what you enjoy. There is no one to impress besides your creator, and that can be enough. Number two, be still and quiet. And my YouTube channel is all about slow living, relaxing, enjoying the simple things in life. Our society has us running around like crazy, chasing more and more. And with that comes busyness and noise. We can get to a point where we almost feel uncomfortable with stillness, with quiet, with nothing to do. When I first started going out into nature every day in the woods, I would be wanting to pick up my phone and look at it because I felt uncomfortable with this nothingness. And then I realized that's the key. The key is to think. And when I go in the woods, even with the boys running around me and exploring, I can think and discover what makes me me. I personally feel that most of us don't actually even know who we are. We just fit the mold of society or others and are afraid to stand up for what we truly enjoy or want in life. Number three is find out what you are passionate about and chase it. Go after your passions. Take a risk. The climb may be tough, but the view from the top will be worth it. And as Amelia Earhart said, the most difficult thing is the decision to act. Sometimes we overthink those things that we want to try. We let fear overcome the idea and then it never happens. Or we let what other people think affect whether we try something or not. The best decisions we have made in life have been when we have risked something. Time, money, resources. Real estate is a great example of this. And I have so many friends ask if they should or could do it too. And of course, I'm a huge advocate of real estate. But what happens most often is people get stuck in their comfortable life and don't take any risks, which of course can lead to a fine life. But I would say you're missing out on so many experiences, not to mention God can use these risks as huge blessings in your life, which can change the entire course of your life. Number four is realize that perfection does not equal loving yourself. Look at how other people accept us as we are, flaws and all. That's a wonderful freeing thing to think about. Since starting my slow living journey and trying out the 10 item wardrobe, I have found I love who I am so much more. I am more content in my skin and I notice that those around me seem to love that too. If you feel weighed down by woulds, shoulds, and coulds, you know that accepting your mistakes and imperfections can feel nearly impossible. Listen up to this. The majority of suffering comes from a longing for things to be different from how they are. One way that has helped people has been using a dialectical behavior therapy called radical acceptance 
to help people accept the reality of their lives while also having hope for the future. This practice is rooted in the theory that to accept our imperfect selves, we must first acknowledge our reality. What we resist persists. In other words, if you deny what's happening, you are more likely to get stuck in negative self-talk. It shouldn't be this way, or I shouldn't have done that. Conversely, if you practice acknowledging your reality in non-judgmental terms, this is my situation, or this is what happened, you'll be better able to accept and move past the things that you can't control. The word accept is key here. You don't have to like what's happening. And number five, the last key is to start setting boundaries. Boundaries free us to be who we need to be without building resentment, getting burnout, and not valuing others. Boundaries honor our needs and wants so that we feel respected and safe. Boundaries create trust and build healthy relationships. Even when some people don't like what you do, they will likely still respect you for standing up for what you believe in. Boundaries also generate safety in relationships. I have discovered something that is crucial to my daily happiness these past few months. I would notice that if I spent time around someone or in a conversation that was in large part negative, such as lots of complaining, always looking at the bad, fearing things, etc., I would instantly feel depressed and discouraged. Even when I wasn't complaining, it was rubbing off on my mood. I started valuing my headspace, surrounding myself with positive people and conversations, and being careful of listening to complaints and negativity. I found I was so much happier, I loved myself, and I saw the world as a wonderful place, which indirectly trickled down to my boys being more joyful and less argumentative. My marriage was way more exciting because I was happy and positive, and that transferred to being more free to speak the positive and not be weighed down by dwelling on the negatives. Guard your joy and positivity and don't let others bring it down. Don't let the media define your worth. Don't let people around you who are critical or negative define your worth. When you can accept yourself where you are and who you are, it's actually the best foundation to have a loving, healthy relationship with someone else. It's the best foundation to be a parent. It's the best foundation to share your gifts as you go out into the world. You can finally make a difference and share that joy and genuine love with those around you. Thanks for listening today, guys. Stay tuned for next Wednesday when we will be talking about how to combat social media negativity in our lives. Be sure to leave a review on Apple and rate my show on Spotify. It helps so much. And don't forget to go check out my YouTube channel, Savoring the Simple, and subscribe there for more encouragement in your life. Have a great week, guys, and I'll see you next Wednesday.